0: The Philadelphia Millennial Podcast, a podcast for African American millennials from the 215 and beyond. This is the audiobook for those embracing the journey of life, one unexpected curve at a time. Today's Black History Fact is not based in Philadelphia, however, it is pertaining to today's episode entitled I Just Want My People to Heal Part One. So today's fact and shout out basically goes to Inez Beverly Prosser, who was the first African American woman in the United States to receive her PhD in psychology. She was one of 11 children born in South Central Texas. She taught for 18 years before going to get her PhD in psychology and completing her degree in 1933. However, family and friends actually joined in Texas a year after her graduation because they were mourning her death. Um, I don't see the cause of death or why she passed away. However, I think it's a travesty that she didn't get to actually really practice technically in the field that she had earned her Ph.D. in. However, however, I just know that her facing racism and prejudice, prejudiceism <laughs> that's definitely not a word. Her facing prejudice. <laughs> And still going after her goals paved the way for so many African-Americans just to receive their education, but especially in the psychology field. And truth be told, no one can help us and heal us the way we can help and heal us. So I just thank you and pour out libations, virtual libations, (laughs) to her for paving the way for other black psychologists to come behind her so we can be responsible for our own healing. So that shows facts for today. With that being said, go find you a black therapist. Yeah. (laughs) If you've been following me long enough or you know me personally, you know that periodically I always tell y'all to go to therapy. Even if you don't feel like there's anything wrong with you, get an unbiased opinion to improve the relationship with yourself. Now, I know that sounded fancy and good, but those weren't my words. Um, you'll hear those words later in the podcast. So I believe that getting mental health advice and seeking mental health care um, is not an easy feat. I also believe that everyone has a story that resonates with someone. And I believe that if I am going to help people find the way and heal themselves so they can heal their their families, their children, um, and break generational curses, I believe that you have to bring a variety of people, um, you have to present a variety of people to the people you are trying to help because this isn't a one size fits all solution and different people and different stories resonate differently with people. So in an attempt to bring all facets of therapy and mental health to you, I'll be having a series um, of therapists and mental health professionals on the podcast, just talking about different things, but really just how can we help heal each other and get each other to the right therapist and talking about the right things and having the right conversations to just be better. So funny story, because technology is funny last season I recorded an episode with my dear friend Reverend Will Martin from Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church however it got deleted so I have to re-record the episode with Will however I have a friend of mine and I say friend um because she's been friends with my other friends for so long so you feel like you know people and um following each other on Instagram, and she's been just doing some really good things in the community. So when you are doing really good things in the community, it's easy to identify other people who are really doing genuine, good, authentic work in the community. So that's how I know Miss Michelle Winters. Um, six degrees of separation again. Um, She's a Philadelphia native. She's an HBCU grad of Xavier, the University of Xavier, Xavier University of Louisiana. There we go. There you go. Um, However, she is taking residence in one of my favorite cities, um, Chicago, which that's like another Philly too so I know that they need her and her work does not go um overlooked there however Miss Michelle was home on the east coast a little bit I heard her nieces and nephews kind of punked her here which I'm glad they did so I definitely was like oh my gosh we need to record a podcast episode so uh, we got to catch up while she was here. It was actually snowing, so we had to change locations, but it all worked out. So I really hope that this episode helped somebody. Um, if you thought it was good, please pass it along to someone else so we can all heal. Like Even if it, her story didn't resonate with you or my story doesn't resonate with, resonate with you, please forward it to someone who you think could benefit. You don't know what you don't know. So with all that being said, here is my interview with Michelle. And all of her information is at the bottom in the podcast description. (laughs) So why did you decide to get into therapy? So I decided to study
1: psychology um, and get into therapy just because I felt like people were misunderstood. I felt like I was misunderstood. I felt like people were misunderstood. And when I was in high school, I took a psychology class, and they really were talking about, like, understanding, like, behavior in the brain and emotion. Um, And so it kind of just became, like, a backwards mapping process from there. So, like, I picked a concern that I was interested in, and I tried to figure out, like, how did this person get there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I never wanted to work with children, and I'm laughing about that because children are – like was my first niche because mm-hmm. everything really starts in childhood and if you're not careful everything really stops at childhood and affects you as an adult um, so I wanted to study addictions and what I was learning was a lot of people who were, a lot of adults that were addicted started using or abusing or were exposed as kids mm-hmm. and their mentality, their emotional maturity stopped at whatever age they became addicted So then I'm like, well, wow, I need to go back to younger generations and see what are you exposed to? What are you experiencing that would even lead you to want to try it or experiment it? And you know, like what was impacting you? What were your barriers? And I just kept getting younger and younger and younger and younger. Wow. Um, And then that became like my niche. And I worked with at-risk youth for the majority of my career um, in their families. Mm -hmm. So that's really what made me get into it. It was just a it was just a a search for why are people misunderstood and like what's causing that break in understanding.
0: Okay. So now you have transitioned into um private practice. So what was your like your motivating force to make that leap? Yeah,
1: so I was working at an organization and everything I did was in direct contrast to my values. <laughs> <For
0: starters.
1: laughs> it was in direct contrast. I didn't feel like I could live with myself, like everything I did. And wow. I just was like, one, I'm not directly, you know, but as a counselor, you have transferable skills. So mm-hmm. I was good at my job because of the transferable skills I had, but I wasn't really having the direct impact that I really like to have. and. I was just noticing so much. I was just noticing how much more impactful I could be, how much better helpful I could be, you know, if I went back to therapy. Um, So I was initially just trying to get back into the schools, getting back into at-risk youth counseling. Um, And then I was remembering my experience there, and I'm like, while those were great places to reach my youth, I saw a lot of things that didn't align with my values either. And... Mm -hmm. It was things that I was experiencing that were, like, administrative and programmatic that didn't have anything to do with my clients that was affecting my ability to be a good therapist. Wow. And I didn't want to be in that environment, again, because it was only going to cause me to be burnt out. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I want to go into private practice, but, you know, I only have six years of experience. Like, is that enough? You know, I, I know what I don't want to do. Like, do I have a really solid idea of what I do want to do? Um, but I had been doing the research and I had been reading and, you know, my whole primary concern is do no harm. And if you keep mm-hmm. that at the forefront, I felt like, you know, I can't fail in that regard. So my therapist actually empowered me to start my own practice, which made me feel really confident because she has her own practice. And I think she's an amazing therapist and has been for more than 15 years. So for her to give me that stamp made me feel like, wow. You know, like, this might be something I can yeah, actually do. that's decent. Like, that's coming, like, from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. Because I was doing Talkspace. I was in Talkspace training for months. And um, Talkspace is, like, an online platform. It's like, kind of like text therapy. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I like the rigor that they put therapists through to become talk space therapist because mm-hmm. you really it ain't it's not for the faint of heart okay and so I had been going through all that training for months and I didn't feel like I was going to become a talk space therapist and I'm like I know how to be a therapist I've been a successful therapist right. why am I having so many challenges becoming a talk space therapist mm-hmm. but it's a different platform it requires a different use of your skills and she was telling me like you can. If you do want to offer therapy virtually or via text, you can start your own practice. Just make sure you're it by the laws. Like, you don't need nobody else. And then you can control the money that you're making and not give most of your money to some organization. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, well, I really don't see no lies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see no you lies. Say, oh, so. Dang, no lies. Right. Okay, so you're like, yeah, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then it's so. Uh, talk space was In an attempt to just make Therapy more um, Accessible
1: Yeah so like I know that when I was looking for therapy I worked An hour Away from where I lived And I lived like in a predominantly Like black neighborhood Or close mm-hmm. to the black neighborhoods um, And I used to have to leave work At 3 o'clock to make it to my 5 o'clock Appointment and, you know, like that kind of takes two hours out the workday. Not that I didn't mind leaving right. work early, but, you know, it was just a hassle. And right. I drive, but if I didn't drive, if I couldn't drive, right. how was I going to be able to access that care? Um, and I just thought about how, excuse me, my coworker, she cannot drive. She's kind of limited to her area, and all the therapists that she did think she was going to be a good fit with were booked because of where she lived and the wow. and like how many people were in that area. And so I wondered like, wow, like she didn't really want to do talk space cuz the it, it wouldn't be appropriate for the level of care that she needed. Okay. But like what's the in between between text-based therapy and in-person therapy for somebody who doesn't have the access? Right. Um and so that's what I really kind of settled on virtual therapy. So I don't do text therapy in my practice. It's all virtual, okay. kind of like FaceTime. So mm-hmm. it's like we are you know it can be as personal as you want it to be, or it can feel kind of informal depending on how you utilize video chat right. um but I always think about her like all those lift rides add up, all those train rides add up, mm-hmm. especially if she's going after work
0: like that's right. not safe so. okay, so you have run into private practice to make it more um accessible so what there I know there are some people listening that have um therapy has been suggested to them or what I'm finding is that a lot of my friends have tried one time and it hasn't been successful. They tried a couple of times or they know that they need therapy, but like the whole idea of therapy um, scares them, um, even though they know that really nothing else is working and they're tired of feeling the same way. Um, what are some tips, resources, gems, whatever you have to just kind of help us move forward to the idea of getting therapy and making sure that generational curses and cycles like stop here and now with this generation.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good one. The thing is, therapy is unfamiliar to people and we like to stay within realms that we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the growing age of like technology and information, that's really just not a good excuse anymore. Um, If you go to a dentist and you don't like that dentist, you don't just stop getting dental care. You go to another dentist that you like. Mm -hmm. And the same with other physicians. And I think that the same thing has to happen with therapy. I know that uncovering emotions and um, maybe even past traumas is difficult. Asking for help is difficult. And I know you kind of want it to just be like a one-stop shop. Like you found somebody, Mm -hmm. boom, it works. But that's not how anything works. That's not how finding a job works. That's not how finding a partner works. That's not how finding a friend works. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we do have those moments and it's beautiful. But for the most part, you have to shop around and you have to to really do your research. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about it like this. Like if you have your eyes set on like the type of car that you want. You don't just go to the dealership and stop there. You're looking around for the bargains. You're looking around for what you can afford. Exactly. You're you're checking out the car facts. You're asking friends. You're asking for suggestions. You're reading blogs because you're really trying to figure out if this car is going to be the car for you because what you don't want to do is buy a car and then take the car back and have to get mm-hmm. another car. right? You do your due diligence in the beginning, and I feel like the process doesn't have to become cumbersome Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you can research without even talking to somebody to narrow down um the proper fit for you and your therapist um but I really think it's just I think it's about feeling empowered to get what you feel like you deserve okay that's really what it is like I feel like the same energy that we have with like not wanting to be a bad fit with our therapist we need to have that energy all the way around Mm. but it's just like Whatever type of ideal relationship you think you deserve, seek that in your therapist because it's supposed to be a corrective emotional relationship. It's supposed to be the relationship that helps you fix your relationship with yourself, therefore with others. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So like at the very least, everybody could could stand that benefit. If nothing else from therapy happens but you having a better relationship with yourself, then you've won. Now, there are times where, you know, you feel like you're not getting what you feel like you're supposed to be getting from therapy. And you can voice those concerns, but it's just kind of like working out. You're not going to see those results immediately. And if you're not consistent, if you're not invested, and if you're not doing the work in your diet and other areas of your health, you're not going to see those results. Right. And I think that that's what the therapy is. It requires a lot of work. And I think people know that it requires that much work and they just... You know they're fearful of what that work might even look like. Right. My
0: first last year when I was in therapy, probably like my first three or four sessions, it was just me like talking. It was just like, mm, okay, like, oh, all right, like, girl, what else you want to know? Mm-hmm. And that's literally like, and then one day it was just like, all right, well, I'm now with the Earth's core, <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 and this is really, I guess, where it all started. But it took me going three or four times just like I did some squats last night and I looked in the mirror and <laughs> nothing looked different this morning. Uh, but I'm a, I'm going to work out tomorrow though. <laughs> right,
1: like you got to keep going because you know that you know a certain set of behaviors breed a certain set of results. Mm. Right. And so it's just like pouring into yourself is only a benefit. You mm. know, even if it like like I know as a therapist I was scared to go to therapy because as a therapist, people treat you like that all the time. You never get to take that therapist's head off. So mm-hmm. they expect you to have, like, perfect emotional wellness and perfect mental health. And you're supposed to have everything together. So I was scared to go to a therapist just because I didn't want to be judged. Not right. because I didn't think it was going to be a benefit. I knew right. it was going to be a benefit. And then it got down to the point where it's just like, yo, it's either people's acceptance or my life. Right. Mm. And I had to knucket. live. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I feel like at the end of the day, if it's respect that I'm after, you can't not respect the fact that I'm investing in my health to be better at my craft.
0: hmm So, you know. Yeah, when y'all hear other people saying they go to therapy, don't frown up your face. I was in a situation, and I um, said something in regard to mental health, and the person was like, Really? And it's just like, oh, so you think that just because I look normal, I act normal, I can function, <laughs> Um, that things haven't been traumatic in my life as there aren't like high-functioning people with anxiety and depression. Like, no, I'm going to stop playing. Um, But I just think that that's why people just don't. And this was coming from a person who tried therapy once mm-hmm. and it didn't work or they thought it didn't work. They didn't work. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's the thing. People mm-hmm. don't want to do the work, and it's just like, oh, it didn't work. But it's like, how many times have um, we been in failed relationships with people?
1: And kept going back to not only that same person, person but different people. Different people with the same thing. So it's just like, mm, we put the effort into, you know the things that we think are worth it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I had to date around for a therapist, I got lucky on my first therapist, honestly. Like, okay, woo, I can't <laughs> write her enough reviews. Um, I really can't. But if I had to shop around, I went to therapyforblackgirls.com. Mm-hmm. And I just looked for the therapist in my, area, in my area. And I was, like, looking at their bios, and I was looking at their pictures. And, you know, I started at their pictures. Like, hmm, I didn't want somebody too old because of like the relationship i have with older black women of course i wanted a black therapist Mm -hmm. i didn't want somebody too young because i felt like we might fall into the trap of getting a little bit too cozy Mm -hmm. um even though they probably have great professional standards like i do i know that that was just something that i just didn't want to have to do so i wanted somebody like a little bit older than me but not too much Mm -hmm. older and i'm looking at the pictures and it's hard to tell because black really don't crack (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really was like, well, they all could be the same age. Okay, all I know, really, honestly. <laughs> shout out to us, right? Like for real. You that's know, I just work. got lucky, um, but you know, like, and it was, and it was times where I didn't want to go. Like, I just didn't feel like being dragged. Like, yeah. I I knew what the truth was, or I knew I was wrong, or I knew she was gonna drop some gems, mm-hmm. uh, or I said something, and I saw her make a note, and I knew she wasn't gonna let me forget it. And it's just like it's different when it's coming from a place that you know it's safe. You got friends Mm -hmm. like that sometimes, and sometimes it works with friends, sometimes it works with family, sometimes it works with your partner, but they're not able to be neutral Mm -hmm. or unbiased or safe in a way that you need them to be, even if they're Mm well-intentioned. And that's what therapy really is. And it's so beneficial.
0: Yeah. Y'all sometimes need some unbiased opinions. Like, um, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) Um, You don't know what you don't know. And it's really, you need some unbiased opinion. So that's why people, I encourage people to get over the fact of having somebody in their business because, like you said earlier in our conversation, off the record, (laughs) I wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You you said that, um, you know, people damn
1: I forgot my train my, my oh yeah <laughs> I mean at one point in time I'm not gonna edit this out <laughs> <laughs> at one point in time everybody was a stranger like all your oh, conditions was a stranger Right. right. Your, OB- your OBGYN your best friend right they all were strangers at one point in time and whether you're trusting or you're slow mm-hmm. to trust you opened up to them mm-hmm. opened up to a stranger until they became familiar mm-hmm. so you know that's really not a good excuse to not want to have somebody in your business because at one point in time you had a stranger in your business, and for real, for real, you really don't know nobody. You don't know nobody the way you think you know. Them.
0: Mm, ah, <laughs> yeah, like, okay,
1: like, and that's just really what it is. I think like one of the most beneficial things for me when it when it comes to therapy is that you know, for the most part you want to be able to trust what your mind is saying you want to be able to Mm. trust your gut you want to be able to trust your opinion and know that you're making the right decisions and sometimes you just don't know or you do need that cosign and sometimes your friend your partner your family your coworkers they that cosign isn't the one that's really going to solidify it for you
0: Mm.
1: sometimes they sometimes they can't cosign they can't see your vision you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so it's like I was going through things where I really was trying to be accountable and I really was trying to hold myself to test. Like, yo, maybe you're the toxic friend. And mm-hmm. I needed somebody in a safe space to tell me, yo, if you're the toxic friend, this is how you're being toxic and move forward. Or if you're not the toxic mm-hmm. friend, stop accepting all this blame and remove the toxic friends. Right. I needed that. And I couldn't do that with my friends because that was the area in which I was struggling. <laughs> right. right? And we all have our own stock and we're all trying to preserve ourselves in that situation. So it's just like, you have that neutral person who has that language that you mm-hmm. may not have, who has a perspective who you, that may not have, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like you it's a it's really a safe space. Like mm-hmm. we all can read medical books to the cows come home, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like I'm still gonna go to a doctor to make sure. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's
0: like. I like that. I hope that helped y'all. There was some gems in there. So <laughs> what are some um resources? Tangible resources. I know you mentioned black therapyforblackgirls.com is how you found your therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were mentioning something else prior to us recording. So any other resources you know, you mentioned Talkspace and then after that just mention where the people can find you.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, so if you're interested in like text-based therapy to get yourself started and you're not sure you can do Talkspace or you can do um, BetterHelp. Those are online platforms that offer like affordable health care Um, If you are a black person, doesn't just have to be a black girl. And you're looking for a black therapist, you can always go to therapyforblackgirls.com. Psychology Today is, like, the greatest place to start um, because they have, like, one of the largest database of therapists. And you can, like, look by name, look by city, look by issue, topic that you're interested in. Um, They have, like, if they accept insurance, what their pay rates are and things like that. Um, I tried to go through my insurance at first But it was hard for me to get to the black people on my insurance So what I did was I went to therapy for black girls Took those people mm-hmm. I was interested in Then put it in my insurance source portal To see if they were like taken gotcha. by the insurance And that's how I really narrowed it down When I did have insurance um, And then For me um, I'm listed Oh, I'm listening to psychology today <laughs> Oh there's another resource There's another resource called Open Path Collective And they offer affordable health care um it'll be out of pocket of course but it's affordable and it's okay. it's a very realistic cost for couples and for individuals and i'm listed there as well okay. um but yeah you can find me on psychology today um you can find me on instagram i have a link to my um website on instagram a queer what did I, change my name? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the queer black therapist the queer black therapist and therapy and the tea that's what my therapy practice is called it's called therapy and the tea oh you didn't tell me that
0: that's all types of yes. branding goodness i love Ooh. i
1: love that a quick side note the reason why i chose the name is because like i'm a tea aficionado like i love tea okay so much and one of the things that was helping me to help ground my students when I was um, when I was like a middle school special ed counselor Mm -hmm. was the tea making process and when I needed my kids to have a moment we would take a second select the tea brew the tea flavor the tea smell the tea taste the tea and all of those um components are grounding exercises to help you really center yourself and so that's really why that's a part of the name of my practice because like I want you to ground yourself before we get into the hard work. And then I want you to ground yourself before you go back to the real life so that you don't feel so unraveled. So.
0: That yeah. is so dope. And then, like, therapy and tea. And then, like, tea, tea. And like, then, like, the tea. You, right, you're going to mm-hmm. spill the tea, but you're going to get therapy because that happens a lot in the black community. We talk about mm-hmm. all the tea, mm-hmm. the generational tea. And mm-hmm. we don't talk about the generational solutions. So that mm-hmm. is really dope. So you, y'all find um Y'all. Here I'll edit that part out too. <laughs> Where to find her at, and I'll add all of that in the episode description. Um, I'm trying to think—is anything else I want to ask you? I think that's it. Anything else you want to say? Um, if you need help finding a therapist,
1: and you have a friend that's a therapist, ask them to help you. Mm. I do it all the time. You know, I don't think that that's um too much labor, but I like helping my friends. Find their therapist and and following that journey. So, you know, especially since my practice isn't full yet, I got time. So, if you need help finding a therapist or knowing what to look for in a therapist, you know, reach out.
0: Yes. So, drop your Instagram names again.
1: So, my Instagram <laughs> name is Queer Black Therapist, okay. <laughs> Queer and Black <laughs> therapist. my
0: business Instagram name is Therapy and the T. Therapy and the T. And also, what has been helping me, I'll add in here. When we talk about other methods to just mental wellness, um, and just trying other methods like, not everything. Some, of now hear me clearly. Some of y'all need some medicine. Mm-hmm. That's just you have you, biologically, like yeah, it's a biological thing. Yeah, and it's nothing you can do about. It. Like you want to feel better and you haven't been feeling better. Like it's nothing wrong with seeking, um, some medicine to get your chemicals mm-hmm. back in line and so you can go on about your life you deserve that but some of us you don't need it <laughs> you mm-hmm. just need calming and coping mm-hmm. mechanisms mm-hmm. so um putting lavender oil mm-hmm. on my pulse has like ooh, mm-hmm. it just naturally will calm you down meditating helps i always shout out um shayla marie Oh, I love her. She's so dope. That mixtape, I've put countless people on. (laughs) Yes. Um, Like, it's just dope. So just pick a method, try something, and start somewhere.
1: If I were a fruit, I would be Rambutan. And the reason why I would be Rambutan is because it's very good for people who like it. It's an acquired taste. It's exotic. You can't get it everywhere. And I kind of feel like that kind of speaks to my personality, you know, like either you love me or you don't, you know, I'm not for everybody and I'm an acquired taste. My favorite thing about Philly is Boathouse Row. Um, I just think it's super unique. Like, why do we have that? I love that they have themed lights for all the seasons and holidays i can't imagine what their light bill is hopefully the city covers it but i just love bow house row it's cute it's pretty to drive by it's pretty to walk by um and it's one of our staples